Hello and welcome to Connect Points podcast and sermon archives. If you'd like to learn more about our church, please go online to our website at connectpointupc.com or follow us on our Facebook page. Thank you very much and I hope you enjoy this week's message. God bless. For a light affliction is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. And I want to talk to us briefly here tonight about there's something in the struggle. Amen. Let's pray here together. God, we thank you. We honor you. And God, what a privilege it is to be together and worship you together. And God, we just pray that your word would go forth, that you would speak to our minds and hearts in this place. Lord, and do as you will. I pray for a surrender, a turning over here tonight, God, and just an allowingness in our life, a submission to you. God, have your way in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Praise God. You know, so many people in this life want something without anything. They want something without any effort. See a nice home? I want that. Anybody go on Zillow a lot? (laughs) House hunting in your flip-flops? So, yeah, looking at million-dollar homes and, yeah. The budget isn't there, but you're looking anyways. (laughs) Well, it's, it's, uh, that's a home for lawyers or doctors, not for a simple carpenter. We, you know, the thing is, is that we look at these things and these things that people have, and um, things that maybe even we desire, like that nice, huge mansion. Uh, but the thing is, is that we don't see the struggle the person had to go through to get to the place that they are. Right? We say, oh, that's a doctor's house. It's no wonder they have that kind of house. But we don't see the struggle to get to them being a doctor. We, we see sometimes that final result of, of a person's commitment over time, but we don't see the struggle in a lot of these circumstances. We don't see how many hours of studying, how much schooling, how much debt, debt, <laughs> how many hours they worked and the high price that they pay for the life that they live. You know, or we see that broad, strapping young man walking through the mall with muscles that are popping his T-shirt, and we say, I want that. I want those guns, right? I want to have that shirt that says, welcome to the gun show. But you see, we don't, we don't see and look at or even know the sacrifice it took them to get to that position, We miss that whole thing and we look at the final product and we say, God, take me there. God, take me to that place. 
And God sees the whole journey, and he's like, all right, <laughs> you asked for it. <laughs> There's a lot of struggle to get to the place these people are. How many hours of lifting? But diet, who wants to diet? You know, anytime my wife goes on a diet, it's depressing for me. <laughs> so I'm like, hey, let's go out tonight. So I don't have enough calories. <laughs> but I do. <laughs> I have an unlimited amount. <laughs> Borrow mine. <laughs> but it doesn't apparently work that way. <laughs> Many believers have the attitude that just because they are living for God, that now God is supposed to give them everything they ever dreamed without any effort or work on their part. And also that they should be kept from the hard things of life. You see, that's just not how things work. That's how we want them to work, though, isn't it? If we're being honest, that's how we want it. Okay. I'll get quiet, too, on those parts. <laughs> the fact is, is it costs what it costs, and it never goes on sale. <clears throat> God wants to prosper you and bless you, and sometimes you're going to have struggles, and sometimes you have to struggle. You have to struggle, and sometimes you have to fight. But there's something in the struggle that is necessary to becoming what you need to become. But you have to go through the struggle. But there's something in the struggle for you. Pushing us, drawing us. Here we read the scripture in 2 Corinthians 4.17. It says, for our light affliction. <laughs> Has anyone thought of your affliction as light? <laughs> like, the author was playing a joke on us here, right? Which is, but for a moment. Well, it doesn't feel like a moment when you're in it, does it? It can feel like an eternity sometimes. But it's working a far more exceeding thing in us for an eternal. Let's go to Numbers 13.32. And I have, a, I have a habit of not giving all my scriptures, so I'm looking back just to get a nod. Okay, all right. That's it's a typical thing by me. So I started putting them in at our church, so that way I could just blame myself always. Um, and it, it helps a lot. Um, and they brought up an evil report of the land, which they had searched unto the children of Israel, saying, The land, though which we have gone to search it, is a land that eateth up the inhabitants thereof. <laughs> and all the people that we saw it are men of great stature. <laughs> I'm bringing you to a land flowing with milk and honey. <laughs> it's going to eat us up. <laughs> and we're not going to survive. <laughs> I mean, that's the way I read it. Okay, let's read 33 if we dare. Praise God. That one I probably didn't give you. Did I give you half? Oh, okay. 
<laughs> and there we saw the giants, the son of Anak, which, which come of the giants, and we in our own sight as grasshoppers. And so we were in their sights. Wow. <laughs> Good report. <laughs> right. Yes, we can. <laughs> no, we can't. But this is the promised land. The spies said, truly the land is great. <laughs> but we can't do it. Because they just saw the struggle. All they could see is the struggle. Well, the cost of what it was going to take. They couldn't see anything beyond that. They are giants there. We are grasshoppers. We cannot do that. We cannot conquer them. <laughs> you ever think that maybe God left giants in the promised land for a reason? I don't know. Maybe. Is it possible? He could have just taken a breath and blown all the inhabitants away. He could have sent just a small flood. He said he wouldn't flood the whole earth, but he could have just sent a small flood. He could have done something different. But he brings them to the land, and they say, put on the brakes, get out there. Get out of there. Got the shirt on for me today. <laughs> the Israelites needed to learn some things, and the giants were just the ones to teach them. I don't know if you've realized this in your life, and it holds true for me, but maybe not for you. You guys are all, you know, different than me. Um, but I learn the most when I struggle the most, usually, is how it works for me. And if I don't learn, <laughs> then I struggle longer until I do. Sometimes I can get kind of hard-headed. Ask my wife. Sorry, that was a bad one. Uh, I'll, give, I'll give you that one. That one wasn't very good. <laughs> but you get to know yourself in the struggle. The real you comes out under pressure. Who you really are comes out when the pressure is applied. You get to know your God, and you realize that God is your only help. Well, hopefully that's how it goes. You get stronger, you dig into the Word and prayer, you change things in your life. The, the struggle can produce thankfulness. The giants were left for the growth of the Israelite people. They were left for their growth. Look what our God can do. Our God can defeat these giants. Oh, he did it before, but now all of a sudden he can't? According to the spies. They weren't, the giants weren't left to annihilate the Israelites to kill them all. They were left to struggle with for a little to bring a growth that couldn't have been brought another way. And see, in the struggle in your life, sometimes the struggle is brought because there's growth that needs to happen that couldn't happen any other way except you going through a struggle. All right? and uh, For me, this is true. So if you don't say it, I know for me it is. Um, so then just nod your head and smile. We are constantly asking God to take away the struggle. We're constantly asking God, 
give me this, but don't let me struggle. Don't take this away from me. Take this. You know, Abraham Lincoln was asked to pray with a group of his leaders during the Civil War. They said to him, let's pray that God is on our side. Anybody prayed that before? Mm -hmm. Lord, go before me on my side. Lord, if you'll be on my team's side, take us all the way to the Super Bowl. (laughs) But he's not with the Packers. (laughs) But I don't think he's with the Vikings for that much either. (laughs) Oh, I just felt a turning. (laughs) Pressure. The real me is going to come out. Um... (laughs) But he stopped them and he said, let's pray instead that we are on his. And that's a thought, isn't it? Instead of asking God, hey God, come over to my team. We're better. Or wait, no, we're weaker. (laughs) So then you'll make us strong. Um, Instead of asking God to come over to your side, why don't you go to his? God, help me to be on your side. If I must struggle, in the struggle, ask God to grow you, to lead you in it. The giants were left there for a reason. And we need to understand that many times the struggle, the fight, the warfare, the praying, the waiting patiently, the enduring, is as important, if not more important, than the victory. Okay, that was pretty good. A little better than what you gave. All right, just there's a bar up here, and I can see it just didn't quite tip enough there. Um, But I'll move on anyways. Uh, But while we're looking at the reward, God is looking at the development that is taking place through the struggle. And we're so busy a lot of times looking at the reward, the, the end game, the big house, if you will, the boat, the car. And God's like, look at this growth that's taking place. It's beautiful. Look at this faith that's building. Isn't it wonderful? Look at how good this is that's going on in their life. And we're like, oh, Lord, carry me. Faith is forged in the furnace of adversity. 2 Corinthians 4.18 While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. We need to look to the eternal, the unseen. He is working on you and he is growing that faith. Prayer will get you through, and I can't describe it, I can't explain it, but in the struggle, prayer will get you through. But, but the problem is, in the struggle, a lot of times we turn into the spies. And we start doubting and, and losing that faith, and we say it can't be done, it, it can't happen, and so we sit. We don't do what we know we should do when we come against adversity. And, and, and a lot of times, because it pushes back, we start to allow it to move us back and push us around a little bit. When God is just saying, keep forging on, keep pressing on, keep coming over. 
Jesus went to the garden to pray. He prayed, he was in a struggle, and he went to prayer. If that's what he did. He goes to prayer. How many of us go to the phone? (laughs) Sorry. Facebook. Snapchat. (laughs) Never mind, you guys don't do that. Um, Not you guys anyways. These guys do, not you. Um. (laughs) But he was in a struggle and he went to prayer. Where is it that you go in the struggle? When that hits, where do you go? See, a lot of times we'll go to the place of comfort. Well, that might not be the best place because some of our comforts isn't the place we should be going. But that's a, that's a whole other thing, isn't it? But we need to find ourselves doing what Jesus did. He went to prayer. He prayed. The struggle can strengthen you. It can draw you closer than you ever dreamed. But there is something in the struggle for you. Don't ever pray your struggle to go away. Because there's something there for you. It can draw you closer than you ever dreamed. God has got something for you. And there was a struggle the Israelites had to go through for the promised land. But on the other side of that struggle was more than they could ever imagined or dreamed of from God. And just the same, there's something for you in the struggle. 2 Corinthians 4, 8 and 9. We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Hmm. Pull back up verse 8, if you will. Troubled on every side. Isn't that how it seems? When you're in that place, and you know the place I'm talking about, doesn't it just seem like it's coming from every direction? Every time I turn around, something new. Okay, one. Thank you. I I heard you. There was one. (laughs) One person that it's like that with. We are rare. Me and you. You might say a gem. <laughs> Nothing like us in this room anyways. <laughs> but that is how it is. We start looking around and saying like, oh, the sky is falling. Everything is bad. Because everything starts to get viewed through a negative connotation, through a negative scope, through negative glasses, lenses, whatever it is you look through. We view it through the negative then. And then instead of finding any positive, all we see is bad, 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 worse, really bad. Ooh, let's not go there. That's awful. And it just seems to snowball. But then it says we're not forsaken, not in despair, not destroyed. How is that? How many of God's people have forfeited their destiny and their, their promises just because they refuse to fight? 
How many people? It's sad to think. Instead of pushing on, going forward, we see it with the Israelites themselves. They wander for years because they wouldn't press on, even though God was saying, I've given this land to you. They didn't go and take it. What has made you what you are in God is the struggle. What you had to fight for. It's not what's just given to you. That's not what makes you who you are. What you had to fight against. You know, the baby chick in the egg goes through a process of growth inside the egg until it begins to outgrow the egg. But it must peck its way out of the egg. The struggle strengthens the baby chick and prepares it for life outside of the egg. The struggle of pecking itself out of the egg prepares it for the life after the egg. And that's all of us in our struggles. That struggle prepares you for life after the struggle. It puts something inside of you that you wouldn't have without the struggle. <clears throat> Let's all stand. <clears throat> the caterpillar. Catter. <laughs> it's a caterpillar. The caterpillar goes through a process of metamorphosis through which it changes from an earthbound crawly worm into a beautiful butterfly. We love the butterfly, don't we? Do you love a butterfly? You get to see a butterfly and you're like, oh, that's so wonderful. Look at these butterflies. They're all flying around. Oh, they're so beautiful. Does anyone like the caterpillar? <laughs> we knew. <laughs> I already chose a butterfly. I can't choose caterpillar too. But there's a story of a boy who had a pet caterpillar. That's what he had. One of them. <laughs> he had a pet caterpillar. And he watched it, fed it, and he saw a cocoon. And he waited a while and checked it every day. And then he saw a struggle occurring. See, the caterpillar was trying to get out of the cocoon. And he couldn't just sit back idly and, and watch this caterpillar. That's how I'm going to say it from now on, I think. It's a lot funner. He, he, he couldn't just sit back and watch it struggle to get out of the cocoon. He couldn't do that. He didn't have that in him, that, that patience. He needed to see what was going to come out. So he cut it out. So what ended up happening is it came out and... It was not in good shape. It didn't make it very long. And the caterpillar passed away. But before that, his mom, being the loving, caring mother that she is, she, she rushes this half-born butterfly <laughs> in, and, and, and the vet takes a look, and <laughs> it's just... 
oozing and <laughs> nasty. It's not beautiful. And its wings were all swollen. It looked like a messy blob. It never flew. It just kind of oozed around uh, like a snail, only uglier. Um, then it eventually died. But the thing with the butterfly they found out is that it needs to struggle to get out of the cocoon. The butterfly needs that struggle. The struggle to get out of the cocoon strengthens its wings and it strengthens its whole body in order to survive outside of the cocoon. The struggle you are in is going to do something in you that nothing else could ever do. I, I, think, I think we're almost there today. Musicians, if you would come. So I don't know how your Sunday nights typically go. I'm not a member here. I'll be leaving after this and, you know. <clears throat> but I was sitting in the parking lot at TJ Maxx uh, <laughs> prior to coming here with a little bit of time, and I was, I was going over my notes, and um, God changed the whole sermon on me. So I said, thank you. <laughs> That's wonderful, amazing. Love you. And But you see, it's one thing for me to sit here and tell you, you know, what the struggle can do and then be on my merry way. But I know this from experience. See, I have a testimony, and some of you know. Some of you know my son. He's not here. He's wheelchair-bound. He can't even feed himself most of the time. And I can't tell you how many prayers I've offered up to God. How many fasting stints I've been on for, for God to heal my son. I can't even tell you how many times. I can't count the tears that we've shed. The struggle is real. And it's ongoing. But through the struggle, <laughs> through the struggle... God has used my son in some amazing, miraculous ways. We, we spend how many nights in hospitals? And there I'm in the hospital, praying to God. God, take this away. Take the struggle away. We um, moved to Albert. Well, we didn't even get to move to Albert first year and a half of pastoring we drove drove eight hours a week just to get to the place that God called us but he didn't bring us there quite yet <clears throat> but shortly after we moved it was I think a year and a half in or so for, uh, yeah. my wife was in a Walmart and this lady chases her down and uh she says, hey, I got to ask you something about your son, our struggle. She says, my son, he's in a wheelchair, and I just need to know where you got this wheelchair. And so we talked to her, she talked to her, and, you know, we kind of separated. And my wife's like, I'm so stupid. I should have asked, you know, exchanged information or something. And she said, well, if it's meant to be, it'll, it'll happen again. You'll meet this person again. 
days later, we're sitting in a restaurant and walks the entire family. And uh, my wife exchanged contacts. And that, that was three, four, three and a half years ago, three years ago. She said, I'm never coming to church. Never. My wife said, okay, that's fine. My son's having seizures all the time. See, it's hard in the struggle to see positive sometimes. It's hard in the struggle to see good. But if you can look for good, if you can look for something in there, there's something in there for you. But you gotta look for it. So this family, my, my wife meets meet with them like once a week. They go to parks and stuff like that. Their daughter, uh, she's the furthest thing from a Christian. She's the opposite, in fact. Um, but she's there, and they get to know my wife and love my wife. And then all of a sudden, one Wednesday, um, they start bringing the kids and dropping them off. And then a little while after that, the one who had never came to church started coming to church. And then one Wednesday, the daughter walks in, and my wife and her, you know, full of faith and, you know, wisdom, she says, what are you doing here? You don't go to church. What are you doing here? <laughs> well, I just got done with the doctor and they said I might have um, ovarian cancer and I, I don't really believe in it but I just want to know if the church will pray and she's come ever since she's cancer free praise the Lord and I'm sorry I might have called you up so, so this girl now She's coming with her mom and all the kids, and um, her husband needs a job. And uh, sorry, this is going on. Like, like is this story gonna ever end? But her husband needs a job, and so I was like, we got an opening, so got him. And we're sitting in an apartment one day doing laying flooring, and he looks over at me and he says, "You know, I'm baptized." And I said, "No," you know, because I'm trying to witness to this dude. And uh, he's like, yeah. I said, how were you baptized? And, you know, went through the whole list of ways. You know, did they smack you on the head? Did they, you know, drown you, dunk you, jump on you? How did they? And he said, no, I was baptized in Jesus' name. I said, really? I said, where was this? He said, in St. Paul. Um, in fact, his family um, goes to the um, one of Brother Barkus's work up in St. Paul. And he was baptized and filled with the Holy Ghost and he married an atheist, and uh, my wife ran into him in Walmart because my son's in a wheelchair. So you see, we want to say, God, take this struggle away, but God is saying, wait till you see what I do in the struggle. You want to say, just remove it from my life, and God is saying, let me show you. Let me show you. He has a plan and a purpose. And I don't know where you're at in your life, but I do know that he has a plan and a purpose for you. And this struggle is not for nothing. 
And I'd like to invite you up to this altar to pray here tonight if you would. Let God move in your struggle. The struggle is not a place to hide, to run from. It's a place of growth. It's a place of value that you can't even quantify. I can't tell you how many times that God has brought people into our lives because of my son. Go to prayer. Go to prayer in the struggle. Don't run to anything else. That Facebook post can wait. Go to God and let Him morph and work in that struggle. If you'd like to come pray, you are welcome. Thank you for listening to our podcast this week. We hope you enjoyed this message. Remember, if you would like to find out more information about our church or to contact us, please go online at connectpointupc.com. And also don't forget to subscribe in your podcast app so you will be automatically notified of new episodes. Thank you and we hope you have a great week.